welcome back to another episode of Protein Ramblings. Back with a first in a series of Naomi Never Saw It. Naomi Never Saw It. Yes. Uh, before we get into what Naomi Never Saw that we've just finished watching, I wanted to just give a shout out to the Tweets Ahead podcast. Uh, I've been chatting to the guys, uh, one of the guys from the show on one of the podcast subreddits. Really fun show. Group of Irish guys sit around and talk about tweets from the week that they found interesting, funny, or whatever. Um, definitely worth checking out, and don't take my word for it. Have a listen to their them talk about it and some clips from their show. Check out Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast where we discuss our favourite tweets and trends from the week. Whether it's social, political, or from the world of sports, we love the unpredictable mess that is Twitter. You can listen to us on platforms such as Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Amazon, Castbox, and more. And you can even follow us on Twitter at Tweets Aheadcast. Like until around the mid ninety second, Donald Trump was a Democrat. Men haven't been playing women in plays for a long time, Sean. I wonder is that something that's just on Twitter, this whole left and right thing. I feel like I have to ex- I have to explain like a lot of in jokes there in a short space of time. It's America's ass. Yeah. Right. Hope you guys enjoyed the clips from Tweets Ahead. There, do remember do remember to check them, check out their full shows, and subscribe to their podcast wherever you get your podcast. Probably the same place you're listening to this one. And back to our regularly scheduled broadcasting. As we we're saying, Naomi never saw it, and what Naomi never saw was the never-ending story. I never did until which today. Is sacrilege in it's, my? It's weird because it's it's something that I would have really dug as a kid. It was exactly my kind of film, so I don't know why it was one that never came up on my radar. No, I don't get, I don't really get it either, especially considering like the context as well. It's about a kid reading a book. And yeah, his... I mean, I was Bastion at school. I was the little loser kid who just wanted to daydream and, and escape to fantasy worlds and fuck my math tests. <laughs> <laughs> I did fuck all of my math tests, just for the record. <laughs> so upon reviewing myself, I'd, I'd not seen it since I was a child. Huge nostalgia pop. You know, there's there's bits of it where I'm getting choked up. Although, calling back to our recent episode about the media that scarred us as a child, I didn't realize how quickly into the film Artax dies. It really ramped up. It, yeah. Like, I I had thought you would spend a lot more time with, with Atreyu and Artax because it was going to have this big emotional impact when the horse dies. But the horse just, like, checks out immediately. Like, oh, yeah. what is going on in that horse's life? The minute he gets into that swamp, he's just like, fuck it, I'm done. And yeah. he's, he's gone. Yeah, um, like like we were saying when we were watching it, I think the pacing of that film is a little bit all over the shop. I think so, yeah. I think compared to other other similar like films, I would say were of the same genre, like Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, I do think, it, yeah, the pacing was choppy, but obviously I'm watching it as an adult. Um, and I haven't seen Dark Crystal or Labyrinth for a few years either, so I don't know if I would watch them back now and feel the same way about them. I don't think the pacing for Labyrinth is off at all. It's been too long for me to see since I've seen Dark Crystal to comment, but I know I've seen I've seen Labyrinth enough just because of my mum's obsession with David Bowie <laughs> that actually that's a pretty well paced film, mm, all yeah, things I think, considered. I think it is, yeah. But in terms of the film, like I, I I was definitely right on my call the rock mon or the 
was not Rock Muncher. He's just called the Rock Eater. Uh, yeah, Rock Eater or Rock Already Muncher. Forgotten. We finished watching it like five minutes ago. Um, but yes, I was definitely right in my initial assessment that when he first shows up in the first scene, he is quite an imposing, kind of terrifying mm. figure. And then he opens his mouth and it's basically a rock sommelier. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a vintage limestone. <laughs> it's re- it's really fun in camp. Yeah, and it's cute. It's got- a cute subversion of what you expect when he shows up. Definitely. And then you've got the guy uh, there with his racing snail, mm. who I don't even know if you ever think how, like, I think his name's mentioned once in the entire I have entire no idea. I, I kind of assumed those would be key characters. I thought they would be going with Atreyu on the quest because they're the first Fantasia characters we're introduced to. But they're really just there to set up Atreyu's narrative and then they disappear. Yeah, I mean, the, the film largely is just Atreyu montaging. Having a, a shit montage, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely montaging about the place. And then he is just losing his horse and going to see a giant turtle that obviously has depression. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> like yeah. that, that turtle is cripplingly depressed. But I mean, it lives in the swamp of sadness. I don't know if it would have any I mean, other options. Maybe that's a knock-on effect. Yeah. And speaking of the swamp of sadness, obviously this is where Artax dies. Mm. And Artax really, because the, the, there's that little exposition dump by Bastion, which is like, if you let the sadness overcome you, you will be sucked on underneath into mm. the swamp. But that's what I mean about Artex checking out Artax, Artex, Artax checking out so quickly. <laughs> like that horse obviously had some prior issues because the minute he steps into the swamp, he's just like, yeah, completely. Mm. Yeah, it's it, he's just like, um, well, no, I mean, no, he lasts a little bit, and then he just gets to that point where I'm I, like, I'm done with this shit. This is better than being yelled at by a Dreyu. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, still like it. An emotionally impactful. Oh yeah, I can see, again. If I'd watched it as a kid, I know that would have been devastating to me because you know it's a horse, and I was a horsey girl. You know, unicorns and My Little Pony and stuff. So yeah, you know, I can I can absolutely understand the impact it must have had for for kids who saw it the first time around. And speaking of unicorns, the opening scene where Bastine's talking to his dad, and his dad's like, "You've been doing bad on your maths test." Apparently, you were drawing horses in your maths book. He's like, no, they were unicorns. (laughs) It's a very important difference. I do like that you immediately get the the most important ingredient of a children's story, which is emotionally absent parent. His dad's there kind of like making, putting juice into a juicer with eggs and being like, you have to try harder at school. Anyway, I'm off to do business. And that's it. Like his 10-year-old kid, he just abandons him. He's like, get yourself to school, do better at maths, straighten up and fly right. I don't yeah. know if he even drank the fucking juice. Well, yeah, and what was the juice that he was making? He poured orange juice into what looked like orange juice into a blender. And then, and then put then an gra- egg in. And then put an egg in. Uh, I mean, what the fuck? It's like an 80s power breakfast. I don't I mean, know. Yeah, <laughs> it's the 80s. <laughs> and obviously the, the film itself has got that kind of like, uh, you know, stand up to the bullies kind mm. of thing with a giant dragon. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how you stand up to bullies. This is the thing. <laughs> the train really upgraded from Artax, right? I don't like, I, I don't want to diminish Artax's death, although he does come back at the end. But if you told me as a 10-year-old I could have a horse or a dragon, I'm taking the dragon. I, I don't think that's a problem. No, I would completely agree. A dragon is a flat upgrade to a horse. Completely, yeah. And it will help you against your bullies. Definitely. I think there was also, obviously there was the stand-up to bullies thing, but actually there was a lot of allegories of grief and depression and overcoming those things in the film as well, like the whole concept of the nothing. Um, I saw it as being really tied into um, Bastion dealing with the death of his mother. And kind of working past that. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. There's there's definitely a lot of under 
what's the word not under like subtext yeah yeah that's yeah. the word under <laughs> under under text under text <laughs> but the but the the text is dragons are awesome yeah and <laughs> there's a lot of like kind of like so when he, he shows up at the bookshop where the guy all oh, the sky being all like fuck kids i hate kids here's a book for kids yeah it's just like no no you kids and your beep beep boop boop <laughs> and he's like no i've read lord of the rings i've read Twenty thousand leagues under the sea, and like you, Island. Pull, you pull Sean. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here's a good book. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it it, it it like I think like we were saying, it's the only job that's your ideal <laughs> it's job. The only job I'm remotely qualified for is to run an old bookshop and yell at kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I should be doing with my life. <laughs> um, and then you've got the when obviously uh, after he loses Artax and Falco rescues him, and he wakes up in Falco's arm and he tries to sneak away and Falco's like going so soon and he's like I like kids and I'm like <laughs> okay. okay just laying it out there it's a weird thing to say <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird open it's just like hey I like kids why co- come into my white van <laughs> come and see my I've got small sweet. friends um yeah <laughs> You know who else like kids? Michael Jackson like kids. Wait, wait, wait. I don't. I, I don't think it's fair to compare Falco to Michael Jackson. He was pale and white and kind of scaly. But did Michael Jackson save the world? I mean, if you've seen Moonraker, Moon Moonraker, uh, the Michael Jackson. That's a James one. Bond film. Yeah, no, Michael Jackson film. I haven't seen it. Well, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm surprised. There we go. There's another one. It's weird. I don't think I want to see it. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 interesting, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot of things in life that are interesting that I don't need in my life. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think I should get to make one or two executive decisions. Yeah, um, okay. I mean... So, I want to ask you, because we, we talked about this in the previous podcast, and I mean, you were really excited for me to watch this, and you yeah, were kind I, of like, you were laughing in anticipation throughout this whole film, everything that was coming up, but I think there must have been bits that you misremembered. Oh, completely. So, how, like, how like, much had you misremembered? So, I definitely, like, I think that, obviously, viewing it as an adult, the pacing kind of element to it. I forgot that like the majority of Artex's quest really is montages interspersed with little bits. Yeah. I'd actually completely forgotten the bit about the oracles, which I was terrified of. It was, that was kid. very trippy. The, yeah, the giant sphinx ladies. Yeah. yeah, which had nipples. They did, which I thought was quite bold for a kid's film. I know there were only statues, but... They were very distinctive nipples. Oh, yeah. The nipples were very much on display. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I forgot that um, the Gamor was not yeah. actually the nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a common misconception because I, I was Googling the nothing to show you pictures of it the other night. Yeah, and, and then the Gamork does come up, doesn't he? Yeah, the, whenever you Google the nothing, you see pictures of the Gamork and there's like, you know, winter is coming, but it's a, the Gamork's <laughs> head and the nothing is coming mm. and so on. And I mean, he is the, I wanted to say ambassador, but ambassador. He's, he's like a herald. Yeah, he's like the herald of the nothing. nothing. He's been tasked to kill Atreyu. And it, the one thing I do remember, I, like, I remember that whole bit where he, as we said, the most helpful character that gives really the most is. useful exposition. <laughs> he gives means- straight answers immediately and doesn't really ask for anything in return apart from the opportunity to fight Atreyu. And does so very badly. Like Atreyu's yeah. just like, come on then, let's fight. And he just dashes at him and Atreyu's just like, stab. Yeah, he runs like heart first into <laughs> a piece of rock. That's Slate. it. Yeah. It's, it was, I thought he would play a much bigger role in the film. I guess maybe because I thought he was the nothing. 
in my in my head, he had a much bigger role in the film, but I think that's just because as a child he was mm. fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, in terms of the like, I do still think the film holds up, especially for children. I think if you showed that to a child today, they would have very much the same reactions as a child from the eighties <laughs> yeah. did. Which is you get to ride a dragon. And Holy shit! This some of this shit is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Like I think some of the visual visual stuff around the nothing, mm. like really interesting, really striking. Yeah. And even though it's just like it's just sped up cloud formations yeah. and yeah. storms. Yeah, but it and is, it's very dramatic and well done. And as you get close to the climax of the film, where you know the weather in Bastion's world is is going crazy as well. Well, look, can, right? Can we just talk about Bastion's school for a second? <laughs> Because uh, yeah. he spends a lot of this film in the attic of his school reading the book. And he's surrounded by taxidermied animals and yep. skeletons and skulls and waxy candles and weird shit. Yeah. What kind of school is this? I mean, it, like, I guess it, this is a throwback from when schools were very different. So, <laughs> And taxidermy was on the curriculum. <laughs> Well, maybe not taxidermy, but you've got the old skeletons. And, like for anatomy and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. Although, like, he, towards the end, he's got the candles lit in what looks like a, like a scientific test tube holder, loads of, a couple of scientific tubes at the end. But more to the point, why have they got a taxidermied wolf's head on a giant yeah, stick? Yeah, right. Like, what lesson is that for? Maybe drama? It's horrific. Maybe it was from some old school play, Maybe, but why would yeah. you use a taxidermy? I know. I just, I can't shake the thought of, the of taxidermy classes. So they're like, right, kids, get out your dead animal. Let's learn to We're stop it. We're going to stuff them and mound them. And then we'll put them in the attic and we'll never speak of this again. Don't tell your parents. So then, and whoever went through that class later went on to found Bilderbear. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I can make this. I can make this okay. And I can deal with this. <laughs> but yeah, as as the weather in Bastion's world kind of starts to mirror the, the chaos that's going on in Fantasia, I thought that was all really well done. You really get the sense of like of some of something coming to an end. Yeah, definitely. I and one thing I would like to say, I, I do think that the child actors in the film never get irritating. No, they're pretty good. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't see a lot of Bastion. Uh, is really good, mm. but then largely he's traveling on a dragon or traveling on a horse yeah. or interacting with all the characters. I do think some of the supplementary characters are really fun, like the two little old people that he meets that yeah. tell him about the Sphinx and they're just, you're very stereotypical old people that... Thicker and... Yeah, but they, I, you know they love each other. The the line to the winch wench yeah. is <laughs> you know you kind of they pulled in the wench stuff just so they could do winch wench winch wench. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of um, cute little side characters, with the exception of the childlike empress. The childlike empress is fucking weird. Yeah, right? she's very alien like. Yeah, like I I don't know why in my head I always thought it was the girl from My Girl. Okay, I haven't seen. It. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's something we're going to have to watch and it's going to devastate you. Yeah, oh God. I don't want to be devastated. It's such a cripplingly, brutally sad film. God, you're not really selling it to me. It's it's just a sad Can film. we watch a fun film that I haven't seen? We just did. Yeah, that means the horse died though. Yeah, but he was alive again by the end. <laughs> so your tragedies don't matter, kids. <laughs> well, I mean, like it was a kid's film. Of course the horse is going yeah, to be no, alive. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. But like, I think... Looking back at the horse scene of Artax dying, I think it's, like I say, there's um, a lot less 
time with the horse to really get associated, like associated with him or attached to him. Yeah, I completely. Say. Yeah. But I do think it's just the nature of how he dies that's sinking it's, into the woods. Yeah, and, and it's, it's very, how Atreyu sells it. It's very atmospheric as well. You know, the swamp itself is a is a really creepy location, and I think actually in the eighties as well we all thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger factor in our lives than it really was because it seemed like every film or cartoon had a quicksand death in it at one point. Yeah, completely. I was just, you know, I used to live near the beach in Ireland and I was constantly like, but what if there's quicksand? Because it was in all of my media. <laughs> but all you really had to worry about was jellyfish. Jellyfish suck. Yeah, we, they used to get washed up on the beach in like droves. You had to be really careful where you used to. Oh, I've been stung by a jellyfish when I was in the south of France and mm. it fucking sucked. Yeah. Like, there you go, takeaway, jellyfish suck. Uh, but in terms of like the aesthetic and the visuals, I think it really still holds up as mm. a very striking piece of media. Like when they open up and they're all in the ivory tower trying to be like, hey, you know, Fantasia's dying. What the hell? What are we going to do? Some of the characters are Yeah, in there. just some of those incidental characters who are there for like you just know, a few seconds fillers, or whatever. But... But like the guys with two faces mm. and one that looks completely dead. Yeah. And then the giant rock faces, all the guys with four faces. And yeah. like, this is nightmare fuel. Yeah, definitely. And some of the scenery itself is incredibly 80s. You know, those kind of swirly, vivid, lurid backgrounds. All in a kind of orange. soft focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it really makes me think of Flash Gordon. And just in general, like very 80s, like... I don't know. I, I know I associate it like I, I think 80s hair metal because of the uh, metal cover of the theme song Never yeah. Ending Story by Dragonland, which is just pure hair metal. Oh, see, I always think of the punk cover by Newfound Glory, uh, which is great. Yeah. I mean, it, that's one of the, 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 I think, transcends the film itself is the theme tune. Yeah. Even people that don't know this, the film have heard the theme yeah, song. Yeah, completely. I knew the theme tune. As, as a separate thing from the film. You know, I was aware of that before I was aware that there was a film that came with it. Yeah, I saw, I've, I've been intrigued. I, like, I'm genuinely shocked that your brothers, or like, well, maybe not Matt, but definitely David. I'm surprised David never yeah, saw it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the kind of stuff we watched as kids. And you know, because there were three of us and we were all fairly close in age, but there was only Military one girl. Position, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, th there were a lot of compromises made on what we could and couldn't watch because obviously you've got to keep three kids happy. So. I think there were probably things that I would have wanted to watch that would not have been okayed by my parents for all of us or yeah. that my brothers would have vetoed because, you know, the oldest boy gets the say or the two boys together get the say. Because, um, you know, there, there were things I remember watching by myself when we were at my grandparents' house because they had like a separate lounge with a separate TV where I could go and watch things by myself. So I got to watch Fantasia and The Last Unicorn and stuff like that. But when we were at home as a family, it was like, look, now you get Scooby-Doo. Now you get He-Man. Now you get Nightmare. But that's kind of it because the news has started and the sports are coming on. So, yeah, that's um, like very different because like my mum and to an extent my dad, I guess, they were very into those kind of films or at least mm. that, like my grand definitely was. I can't remember. I think it must have been at my grand's the first time I saw Never Ending Story because there was a news agent slash video shop near hers. I don't say video shop, it was like video rentals. Mm. And she used to, every time like my grand had me for the weekend, she'd take me down there and we'd rent a few movies for me to watch over the weekend. I can't tell you how many times I'd rent, rented Transformers and the <laughs> GoBots films. Because uh, it, it was really surreal. It was like a news, just like your old school news agent. Mm. They had the penny suites and all that kind of stuff. And then they just had a room in the back with videos that you could rent. Oh, was it behind those curtains that were just like big, thick plastic strips? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just and largely it was just kids' films. Mm. Uh, there were a few. There was a horror section in there because I remember like critters and a few other things being in there. But that's that's where I got. That's where I saw. Yeah. That's definitely where I got Neverending Story from. But I will say as well, as a kid and actually as an adult as well, I like to watch things that I already know I like. You yeah. know, I I would happily watch Labyrinth every weekend for the rest of my life because I know I like that. Yeah. Right. And I'm I'm someone who doesn't always want to venture outside my comfort zone. So I can imagine <laughs> as a kid, it was probably very similar that like, no, look, I know I've seen the My Little Pony movie 58 times, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was, yeah, I think Never Ending Story. I, I definitely saw it quite a few times when I was a kid. And like, but this has been the first time that I've seen it since... I was probably about 14, mm -hmm. I think. Maybe young, maybe younger, maybe a little older. I can't be precise. And the, obviously, I was watching it very much through a nostalgia mm. lens. And there was bits where I'm getting choked up. Not so much because anything specifically emotional is happening in the film, but more that it was just, oh, I remember this from being a kid and yeah. it's one of the few happy memories I have from childhood <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> Not to look too much of it down on it. So that was probably why I like I, I was really I was really excited mm. and hyped to watch this and I like it I do think it still holds up I do think yes there are some serious pacing issues mm. but when it comes to the visuals the sound design the concept as well it's all yeah, very it's very great unique. the kind of the framing design of the story is is really cool yeah, yeah I definitely hadn't seen anything like it uh, up until that point and mm. I think every kid has had that kind of like insert themselves into the story yeah, oh, like yeah, when you're you're reading a book and you just imagine yourself being in that world and to have that kind of concept brought to film i mm. think was a really really good idea mm, yeah uh, in a way it kind of <laughs> here's an here's an interesting comparison mm. the lego film <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, it turns, as, it, as, as it comes to the end of the Lego film, it turns out it's just this kid's play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, so, in, in, obviously, there's a slight, there's a bit more drama and a bit more weight in the never ending story because we've got to come on to the end. So, as the climax of the film is Bastion realizing that he is the key to saving Fantasia. Interestingly, some really interesting subtext there about, you know, modern day society and kids today have no imagination. Yeah, and, I guess, you know, the, it's the same old issues all the way through back to the yeah. cavemen. It's just like, uh, you know, kids stay in your video games, you have no yeah. imagination anymore. <laughs> but yeah, as the film comes to the climax and Bastion is starting to realize that he is the guy, the, the guy, the kid that can save Fantasia. Uh, you get that uh, scene with him and the child empress. Yeah. Sorry, she's called the childlike empress, which I think is kind of apt, but also I think it's more like alien childlike I mean, she empress. she is just a child, right? She's not childlike, she's yeah, a child. And she's very fucking strange <laughs> A looking. child in, in very adult makeup, which is, in my opinion, never a good idea. She just looks weird. It's yeah. very, there's a very, there's almost an uncanny valley. Really is, yeah. She's her. very otherworldly, which yeah. I guess is good in the context of the film. Yeah, I guess that's but kind of what they were like, going oh, for. It's just like, oh no, I don't like this. <laughs> arguably the most unsettling part <laughs> yeah. of the film. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the dramatic weight at the end of that film is great. But what I was coming on to is like, so he he stood there in, the, in just this black void with the childlike empress and she's like, all that's left is this one grain of fantasia and 
you can wish it all back. And he's like, how many wishes do you do I get? As many as I want. And what's his first wish? <laughs> to ride, ride the, the dragon. Ride the I fucking d- I mean, dragon. I don't blame him, but at the same time, it is very selfish. <laughs> very much so. Um, I'm not saying I would have chosen better. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, but the, the as it as he's riding through Fantasia, he's seeing all the uh, like the the rock eater and the guy the guy with the racing snail on the bat and Artax and Atreyu. Everyone's back. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, he's in the real world, chasing down the bullies from the beginning yeah. of the film. <laughs> and it's like clearly, as, as the crowd, all the extras in the street react. They can all see yeah. this dragon. But none of them have smartphones, so they're not going to get the video of the dragon. Yeah, but this is still going to make some headline news, even if it was just like mass hysteria, pan, mm. you know, kind of thing. That's fundamentally going to change the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I... But then I, I, like, I, want, I think the implication is like, would that be such a bad thing if people believed in dragons? If people were more imaginative like isn't the world more fun if you believe that dragons exist yeah i mean it's the same rule for why people hunt b- bug 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 new cryptage <laughs> bug <fuck. laughs> but yeah it's the same reason why people hunt bigfoot yeah uh so yeah that's that's the never-ending story in a nutshell i think for all you parents out there that might be listening to it definitely it's something that you should get your kids to watch i think it still holds up as a great great kids film um they need a bit of trauma so they'll deal with the art acts thing and and it's fine because he's alive at the end of the film yeah they only have to be sad for a little bit you only have to be sad until you meet falco actually and then atreyu is kind of over it yeah atreyu is very over it not until he gets to the 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 ruins at the end where he faces the oh yeah he's like oh yeah i used to have a horse (laughs) he sees the painting of atreyu's like oh a painting of Artax. He's like, ah, Artax. I'd completely forgotten about you <laughs> because I, I have a dragon. dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's been uh, a little brief episode look back at the never ending story. These Naomi never seen it episodes are going to be probably quite brief in, in total. So, in closing, what are your final thoughts on never ending story? It, it is good for me. It's not as good as. Uh, labyrinth or dark crystal but i think that's a bias of age you know i saw those things at that formative age um so they 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 feel different it's the same way you got that nostalgia kick from watching it now you know they they hit different but it is good and it is absolutely the kind of thing i would have been into as a kid like 100 percent. yeah and i like i say i i would agree with you i think labyrinth and dark crystal structurally are better films because their pacing's better and the direction is better and they probably just had bigger budgets i mean for fuck's sake labyrinth could afford bowie (laughs) so yeah but as a standalone piece of media i think it was still very formative for my childhood and i still think like we were saying there are few films made like that anymore yeah you really don't see them like that yeah um so on that note alone it's worth showing to your kids because They'll never get to see films like that. Don't take them to see the Emoji Movie <laughs> or fucking Trolls or some other CG bullshit. God, I sound old. Well. <laughs> but, like, honestly, there's a certain charm to puppetry. And- there really is. And those kind of, like, we're talking about the, the hand-painted backgrounds, the really yeah. lurid 80s rock backgrounds and the synth music. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they only had synths. Yeah. That was it, just That was synths. all you were allowed. <laughs> Nothing else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been really good to go back and watch such a such a, a just a, a really formative piece of childhood media and share it with you for the first time uh not sure what the next 
next you've not seen will be because there's, <laughs> there's a hell so of a many. lot. There's so many. I know. But once we decide on it, we'll be sure to let you know. And like I say, these epi- these Naomi not seen hasn't haven't Naomi never saw it. Naomi never saw her episodes. They're only gonna be quick little thirty minute yeah. episodes because it's just gonna be a case of, hey, we watched this film. This is kind of Naomi, our takeaway, me rewatching it as an adult and you seeing it for the first time as an adult versus seeing it as a child. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed that. Uh, next week, we shall be back with some Jace. We've so. got the next five episodes of Jace with Mark lined up. On top of that, we're probably going to try and get another face-off episode out soon. And on final closing, still dialing in the studio revamp stuff. So if I know if the audio is a little bit choppy here, it's the Rodecaster Pro noise gate. I'm still tweaking the settings and I've been doing it on the fly throughout this episode. Bear with us while I dial all that stuff in. Do apologize for all the, the chopping and changing, but it'll lead to a better show in the yeah. end. Until next week, when we come back with Jason the Wheel Warriors, everybody stay safe out there and we'll love you and leave you. Yeah, take care. Bye.